Very good. Mr. Chair, if you want to bring us into order. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk, and good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the RBOF meeting for the month of May. And uh, on behalf of RBOF, my apologies for starting late today, but here we are and I'm ready to over to you. Very good, Mr. Chair. The first item on today's agenda is call to order and roll call. Members, when you hear your name, please indicate that you're present. Chair Leal. Present. Leal, present. Vice Chair Camp, absent. Member Vuthi. Present. Vuthi, present. Member Tang. Present. Tang, present. Member Holliver. Present. Holliver, present. Mr. Chair, we have a quorum. Uh, thank you. Ready for the next agenda item? Agenda item number two is general public comment. This is the opportunity for members of the public who have concerns on matters that are not on today's agenda but are on uh, within the subject matter jurisdiction of ARBOC. You may address the committee for two minutes, and I see that we have one speaker who has raised their hand. Speaker, when I hear your voice, I'll start your time. Please begin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Eileen Boken, Coalition for San Francisco Neighborhoods speaking on my own behalf. Many thanks to the PUC staff and Arbach for the tour of the recycled water facility at the Oceanside Treatment Plant. My comments today are regarding two subjects, the Oceanside Treatment Facility as it relates to managed retreat and Prop 218 as it relates to potable water AWOS. <clears throat> Led by SPUR, the Ocean Beach Master Plan concluded that it was necessary to close the great highway between Sloat and Skyline to vehicular traffic except for PUC service vehicles. And the roadway would then be used exclusively for bicyclists and for pedestrians. The rationale was that this was the only way to deal with erosion. <clears throat> However, the Ocean Beach Master Plan did not include a study by the U.S. Geological Survey that concluded sand mining in San Francisco Bay was exacerbating erosion on Ocean Beach, even though Spur was fully aware of this study. New subject, the PUC currently uses earthquake safety and emergency response <clears throat> geobonds for, for potable water AWAS. This is despite the perception that Prop 218 prohibits utilities from using anything but ratepayer funds for water pipes. I would urge our bot to seek a record of decision from the city attorney whether using Easter bonds for potable water AWAS is consistent or inconsistent with Prop 218. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen Boken, for sharing your comments. Could we have the next speaker, please? Can you hear me now? Yes, please begin. Uh, great. David Bokal. Sorry, I'm juggling two different meetings. Uh, I believe this is the first uh, time Arbach has met with the public able to uh, view on uh, Teams, so this is a, a bit historic. Uh, although I'm currently seeing uh, Kirk Phil on my screen, I'm not seeing uh, the rest of the committee, so I'm wondering if there's a laptop in the room, if it's uh, possible to have a, a view of uh, the committee in the room. Uh, if it is, that would be great. If not, I understand. Um, and uh, uh, keep up the good work. And I'll, I'll have some comments later on the minutes where at the end um, while I'm listening to the garbage uh, rates uh, hearing in the background. A lot going on in my head right now. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. Do we have anyone further who has general public comment? Seeing none, Mr. Chair. Uh, thank you, Mr. Burr. Public comment is now closed. And next item, please. 
The next item on today's agenda is an ARBOC audit update. Members of ARBOC will discuss the status of ongoing audits. This item was continued from April 20, sorry, April 11th, 2023. It is a discussion and possible action item and will be taking public comment as part of the discussion. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And with that, I would like to turn it over to CSA, NHKA, and Yano for an update on the ongoing audit. Hey, good morning. Uh, members of the committee, uh, Mr. Chairman. Um, it, can everyone hear me all right? Yep. Yes, we can. Okay. Thank you. I should have done, done a voice check beforehand. Um, I'm here to do Hunter Wong with uh, CSA audits, here to do a uh, report out on the, um, the bond audit. So we are uh, about, to think, about to complete executive reviews. Um, we've gotten a lot of really good feedback and um, some good back and forth. So really making sure that this report is accurate, complete, and has all the information that we need um, to achieve our audit objectives. We anticipate being able to send this to the department within the next couple of days. Um, after that, our process is uh, within two weeks, we ask the department to provide us with an official response and um, specific responses to our recommendations within two weeks or 10 business days. Um, within that time, uh, currently on May 18th, we have scheduled uh, the second exit conference with the departments. Um, so we will be discussing the report in more detail there. Uh, Member Camp has confirmed his attendance for that exit conference as well. So he will be there with us on May 18th. Um, other than that, uh, that is my verbal update for the report. Um, and if there's any questions, we can answer them here. Uh, thank you for the update. That's uh, very helpful. In, in terms of timing, so if the report will go to the department in the next couple of days, couple of weeks for a response, and then I would imagine there might be some back and forth. So the report might be published, let's say, late June. Is, is, is that a fair way to think about this? Uh, we will be trying to target uh, an issuance in time for having the full report uh, ready for the June ARBOC meeting. Uh, this is the second exit conference that we'll be having with the department. So there was uh, already a first exit conference. There are some further things to hammer out, but we're hoping that um, we're really able to iron out the details and uh, get this nailed down after the second exit conference. Um, so we'll be trying to push through issuance from there. So our goal is to have it ready for the June ARBOC meeting. Got it. Thank you. That's very helpful. Um, does the committee have any comments, any questions? Uh, no comments and no questions. So unless CSA or the audit team have any other thoughts, uh, we can move uh, on. Uh, Mr. Chair, do you want to take public comment on this agenda item number three? Uh, yes, please. Thank you. Members of the public who are connected remotely, who want to provide public comment on agenda item number three, this audit update, please raise your hand inside Teams. I note that we have one caller connected who still has their hand raised from previously, so we will ask that that speaker please begin for two minutes now. Oh, and they have lowered their hand. I'm gonna delay for a moment now. Do we have anyone who has public comment on agenda item number three? Mr. Chair, I'm seeing that. Well, thank you. And uh, may you have a <coughs> oh, public comment is now closed. Thank you for that. And uh, may have a motion and a second to continue this to the next meeting. Uh, so moved. Second. 
Uh, motion has been offered by Member Holliber, seconded by Member Vuthi, to continue this item to the June 13th, 2023 meeting. That's the next meeting of ARBOC. On that motion, Member Camp is absent. Member Vuthi? Aye. Vuthi, aye. Member Tang? Aye. Tang, aye. Member Holliber? Aye. Holliber, aye. Chair Liao? Aye. Liao, aye. Mr. Chair, there is no opposition. Uh, thank you. The motion passes. Objections. Next item, please. Agenda item number four is planning for future audits. Members of ARBOC shall discuss planning for future audits to evaluate the performance of projects funded by revenue bonds. This was also continued from April 11th. It is a discussion and possible action item and will be taking public comments as part of the discussion. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. And uh, I would like to thank uh, Member Tang and the CSA for working on this and Member Wufi as well over the past few months. So with that, I would like to turn it over to you, Member Tang, for an update. Thank you. So I, just, I just have a verbal update for everyone. So basically, Ms. Winnie Wu, um, she is the City Service Auditor from the Governor's Office. She's helping us working on the, um, the draft RFP based on the um, responses provided by the committee um, beginning last month. So her current plan is to um, share an initial draft RFP with the ARBOC members in the week of uh, May 22nd for everyone to start reviewing those draft RFP. And um, so Ms. Wu plans to join us in the June ARBOC meeting to collect the feedback from the committee. And based on the uh, feedback received, uh, we may have um, the basically the the, the the second version of the draft RFP for the committee to consider adopting before distributing. Thank you. That's very helpful. So the 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 meeting in June will we'll be presenting what could potentially be the final RFP or um, the final version of it. Um, not exactly. So at, so in the week of uh, May 22nd, she will share with us the initial draft. And then at the June ARLOC meeting, she will join us and collect feedback from, from the team. Yes, the team. And then she will incorporate the feedback received in the next version. And she will share that with us in the uh, future meeting. To July, August meeting. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that update. Yes, please. Just a question on timing. Thanks, Member Tang. Sorry I couldn't make it last meeting. Um, what does that mean about when we would get the RFP out since we're not meeting in July? Does that mean we need to finalize this in August and maybe put it out in September? Yeah, yeah given the July meeting has been canceled, I think most likely we have to wait at least August for the committee to approve the final RFP before distributing. Right. Okay, thanks. And, and timing-wise, that you think that works? Any anything else on this agenda item, Member Holber, Member Ham? On the, uh, the uh, RFP. That sounds like a good plan. Thank you for that. Uh, any any other thoughts on this topic from uh, from CSA? Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> we have thoughts uh, from Member Wuthi. Yeah, apologies. Um, Apologies if this is precocious. I'm happy to talk about it later if it is. What's the process to then invite firms to respond? Are there firms that the city already has relationships with 
that it will send to. I mean, I, I'm sure it will be posted publicly, but uh, folks may not know to look. Does maybe CSA knows that? I'm not sure who does. Maybe we'll ask Winnie Wu. I, I can speak to that a yeah. little bit. Yeah, so um, part of the city's RFP process has has several key steps as far as um, posting the initial announcement of that RFP, and there's a certain amount of days for that to be posted. Now, if, if there are um, firms that are aware of the process, then they know to like look to the city's updates. Um, it's also fine to inform firms, oh, hey, there's going to be a posting, look to um, this link or this address for it. And then from that, those firms that are interested in responding, the RFP lays out or itemizes um, specific dates and actions as far as the firms, when they need to respond, what needs to be included in that response, etc. Um, after that, there is a, uh, a, a review process um, that typically, in my experience, there might be a panel. Um, it might be where Arbach is picking that panel or asking, you know, what is the process to pick that panel to review those RFPs? And then from that point, the final selection is made or selections if Arbach is looking to identify more than one, but there's space um, to um, have that process and determine how many firms ultimately. Thank you. Very welcome. Great, thank you. I think we're open for public comment. Very good. If we have any members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this planning for future audits agenda item number four today before Arbach, please raise your hand within Teams. I'm going to delay for a moment to see if we have any callers who wish to speak on this item. And Mr. Chair, it appears we have no callers to participate in this discussion. Thank you. So far, the comment is now closed, and uh, we're ready for a motion to continue this to the next meeting. Member Tang. Second. A motion has been offered by Member Tang, seconded by Member Vuthi, to continue this to the next Arbach meeting. Reminder that is June 13th, 2023. On that motion, Member Camp. Yes. Camp, aye. aye. Member Vuthi. Aye. Vuthi, aye. Member Tang. Aye. Tang, aye. Member Holliber. Aye. Holliber, aye. Chair Leal. Aye. Leal, aye. Mr. Chair, there is no opposition. Uh, thank you. Our passes. And uh, agenda item number five is future site visits. Members of Arbach shall discuss potential future site visits to SFPUC projects funded by revenue bond proceeds related to the repair, replacement, upgrade, and expansion of the SFPUC's water, power, and sewer infrastructure. This is also continued from the April 11th meeting as a discussion and potential action item, and we'll be taking public comment as part of the discussion. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, let me start by really thanking PUC for organizing the visit to upcountry. It takes work, it takes time, it takes coordination to line up everything uh, for this visit. And what makes the visit particularly interesting is not just the destination, it's really the journey to get to upcountry. At least in my experience, it's really the learning that happens in the drive up and from upcountry that is really the, 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 key, um, uh, the key highlight of the visit. So with that, uh, I believe it's important for us to provide to PUC a final committed uh, list of individuals that will be joining the tour. 
Uh, we had a few maybes, but now is the time whether we are in or we're not in, so that uh, PUC can, can finalize the, the numbers. And you may recall that we are limited in terms of flexibility in terms of the number of people that can go, both logistically and with the forum. So we, have, we are able essentially to have three members of ARBOC join this tour. Uh, so if I remember correctly, we have uh, Member Camp fully committed. Yes. Uh, member Ruby, I think he, I saw your email, you were yep. set to go. Mm -hmm. And now we have space for another one, another member, um, uh, Member Holbert, and I were kind of standby in, uh, depending on what the rest of the committee decided to do. Uh, would you like to go? Um, I, I don't think I can commit for the full two days. It's difficult timing, but if either of you, um, if neither of you want to go, I can go for, for one day. We'd like to go. Um, I have been to this tour before, so I would like to make sure everybody else who never had a chance to go have the opportunity. I've been there before, and uh, it's wonderful, but I don't think I can go this time. So I. Given um, you have never been, so would you be, would you be willing to go there for one day? Or? Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what that what what that mean? Are Does that mean that's possible? But then it means you have to drive a private drive separately. Yeah, I, could, I can do that, but um, yeah. But I know it's not <laughs> it's not it's not what the <laughs> PUC folks uh, want to do. It's also a long way. It's like yeah. a four hour plus to each way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can phone in or something. Well, um, but um, you know, given um, Member Holbert can go for one day, I think it's still going to be a great experience for him. Yeah. Yeah. So what's on the agenda for the first day? I think it was like the Tesla and plant and moccasin. I received uh, from. Nikolai Sklarov, a uh, one or two page document that has some information about what is planned, things like departure times, and it has some contact info and things like that. Um, I can't be responsive to any questions about it, but it should be in your inboxes if you need to consult that. Yeah, I, I think doing it in one day is, is hard, frankly, but yeah, I defer to you. Um, all right, so what we have is committed individuals then from. Um, from um, <laughs> Arbok, we have Rudy, all the way up. Camp, Oliver. Okay, good. So I'll record that we have those three members committed. There will not be a quorum of Arbok. It will not be a public meeting over the course of two days. I want to say that clearly on the record for everyone. And I will not be there. Thank you for that. Um, I'm going to keep us in mind. In uh, any, any comments from PUC, anything that you need at this point, or maybe in the future, I guess we can do that offline, but anything that PUC would like to share at this point about this work? Defer to water, but they want to call from water. Well, this is exciting. Well, once again, thank you for organizing this. We've been talking about this throughout the COVID, and now it's happening, so that's, uh, that's wonderful. With that, I think we're ready for public comment. Thank you. If anyone has public comment on agenda item number five, future site visits, please raise your hand within the team's client and we will get to you in order. Public comment will be for two minutes. And I see we have one caller who wants to speak on this item. Once I hear your voice, I will start your time. Great. Uh, David Pilfall again. Hope you can uh, hear me. Um, 
maybe not during this meeting, but maybe afterwards I can find out if there's any opportunity for the public to uh, participate, understanding that this will not be a meeting because there will not be a quorum present. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you for your comments. Do we have anyone else who has public comment on future site visits, agenda item number five? Mr. Chair, it appears we have no further callers. Well, thank you. Public comment is now closed. And I don't think we need to continue this to the next meeting. We can have an informal yeah. uh, lessons learned kind of session when we, um, when the group comes back at the next meeting. And with that, the next item, please. Sounds good. So no action has been taken on agenda item number five. Agenda item number six is SFPUC discussion of finding number two of the SFPUC performance audit of select revenue bond expenditures. This is a discussion item. It relates to an attachment on today's agenda, which is a report entitled the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission spent revenue bond funds for allowable purposes, but should improve its controls over reporting and quality assurance. Findings begin on page 36. Uh, it is a discussion item, as I said before, and we'll be comments as part of the discussion, Mr. Chair. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Clerk. So the, this agenda item uh, really comes out of the audit that was published in June, January, sorry, of uh, 2022. There were two findings in that audit. One of them was the audit function um, uh, within PUC. We had a, a follow-up meeting on this specific uh, topic last fall. Stephen Robinson was very kind to come in and, and, and share with the committee um, the work that was underway to address the finding in the audit. So the purpose of today's meeting is to really have a second update and, and, and really see how that audit function is operating today and if there are still some work in progress or is at the point where um, um, PUC believes it should be. Perhaps the way we could start here is asking by uh, Ayano or HKA to very briefly, maybe in one minute, to just share with us what was really the nature of this finding at the time of the audit, just to provide context for uh, the group. And then uh, I would like to turn it over to uh, Mr. Robinson for an update. Eugene, I'll let you start. Um, if you can refresh my memory for today's agenda, is it finding one or finding two? Uh, I believe it's finding number two, the audit uh, function and quality okay. assurance. Okay, and quality assurance. A uh, little bit of a background. We issued a finding as part of um, our first phase, and we haven't issued the follow-up um, yet, but I can report that um in terms of the from our perspective in terms of its uh, implementation it's not complete because you know there's a cycle right for completion and we haven't the cycle hasn't been completed which is fine right because it takes time to be able to do these things i can we can say that you know as we went through the implementation cycle uh we didn't find you know anything untoward in terms of its implementation and base so that's where we are in, in terms of the finding going back a little bit about the finding itself it was really um for a number of reasons whatever they were uh the quality control function uh the quality assurance function right that had once existed um 
had basically um, not been functioning uh, for a, about a three and a half to four year period. And after we issued the first phase report, or, or about the time that we issued the first phase report, because we had been issuing drafts, uh, infrastructure really did start working on um, that recommendation to reinvigorate, as I would put it, uh, the quality assurance function. And Steve, I see you nodding your head in agreement. So, I mean, with that in the background, I, I think, uh, Steve, I think you ought to take it from here. Right, thank you and good morning, everyone. Uh, my apologies for not being with you in person. Um, I'm at our beautiful brand new Southeast Community Center in Bayview for some meetings. Um, and uh, thank you, Eugene and others for the kind of intro to the item. So if, if you've not met, my name is Stephen Robinson. I'm the Assistant General Manager for Infrastructure at PUC. Um, took on this rule last July and yeah, agreeing that we have reinvigorated is a good word and um, the quality assurance program. Those are internal audits that we perform in our work. Um, so because I'm remote, I'm going to share my screen if I can. Uh, bear with me for a moment while I kind of glitch my way through that off a laptop here. Um, but I'm going to use some slides that I used, um, as Charlie Al mentioned, back in September when we last reported on this. Um, and I've got some updates, of course, that that's what the request is for today. So let me see if I can share screens. You might see yourself for a moment. All right, maybe someone can confirm you can see screen for me, please. Looks good, Mr. Robinson. All right, I'm going to try and move the box out of the way. Uh, let's see. So, yes, and confirm what the actual finding was um, to help. I anticipated that a little bit, but I have it here. Um, it was to comply with our existing project management procedure that we have within infrastructure. Um, 6.02 is the name of that procedure for quality assurance audits. And to make sure we're performing those audits during the four main phases of a project's life cycle. Um, and yes, there was a pause. The program stalled. Part of that um, was due to an individual who was running that program leaving PUC and moving on. Um, and that position was not backfilled in a timely fashion. And then also um, some of the history had been that we had not necessarily been completing all those audits at those four phases of a project's life cycle. So I want to explain a little bit more about what that means as well. Um, but those procedures I mentioned govern um, all of the work that we do. There are requirements for how we execute our work within infrastructure supporting the three enterprises at PUC. Um, we have a PM 6.01, one of our procedures for the program itself. And then this audit function is a separate procedure that relates and they're both interconnected around our quality assurance program. I'll move through these pretty quickly because you may recall seeing them from September and get to the, the updates at the end. Um, so I shared this one in September as well, um, how the program works, what quality assurance means, um, the activities that ensure we deliver those projects and meeting the requirements of um, our division and what regulatory work we need to do. That's our quality assurance program. Those audits are then planned and systematic way to verify that we're actually following through in that program to give us confidence, of course, um, internally and externally as well. Um, we have this suite of procedures of which um, the quality assurance audit um, procedure on the left in blue and um, connects to and interfaces with a lot of other procedures as well and, you and it's embedded into it. So we think about how we do our drawings in green and um, how we go through change management process, how we develop our projects, how we do environmental review, a lot of other projects, sorry, procedures interface with how we do our audits because we want to touch all four of those um, phases that we talked about and that's how we deliver our work. 
So the journey is, is somewhat winding sometimes from a project inception all the way through to handover of the asset to operations. Um, and different people are involved in different parts of those processes. So those four phases we talked about, planning, environmental design and construction, involves different people and different rules that help facilitate um, the audit and you know what is being audited at each stage. So we've kind of listed them there. For example, in the planning phase, the project manager really is responsible because it's very early as we go through needs assessment, alternative analysis, and con some conceptual engineering. Then we get into environmental and making sure the environmental project manager is there through that phase, project engineer and design, and likewise the resident engineer and construction. So it's about people um, for each specific phase that we're, we're required and wanting to make sure we do these internal audits. So just a little bit more on that before I get to the updates. Um, here are the four phases identifying those rules at the bottom that you kind of see. And, but it gives you an idea of perspective of timing um, because we want to make sure we're getting some meaningful um, feedback and way to adjust and learn some lessons about what's happening during each of these phases. So the text here helps explain the timing for when those audits happen. Um, and for the planning phase, for example, I mentioned alternative analysis and conceptual engineering. So typically we do our audits in the planning phase between those phases because by that point the project is sufficiently developed that there's something to audit. There's a direction that the project's heading in. We've got good enough clarity of where it's going. The team is well developed and we're on a track, but it's early enough that it also informs and can help adjust what needs to happen before it moves into the environmental or the design phase. And the similar logic I think applies to environmental design etc so again for example in design you see it happens before the 50 percent period so it's the, the design has developed sufficiently enough but it's not yet fully baked and ready to go to construction so that's the idea around timing and it's quite intentional so the responsibilities of people that are involved in it um, as the assistant general manager myself um, i get to oversee the program as a whole um, and i would make a side note here to say that we're in a process of um, overhauling or reviewing, revisiting our entire procedure suite. Some of them were built for the WISIP program almost 20 years ago um, and need a refresh or updated in some way. Um, and so we've taken our time to look at our, our auditing uh, procedure here and making sure that we're enforcing and making sure that's working, acknowledging there was a little bit of a gap. Um, so we did an update and we added a new paragraph um, uh, in response to the audit and making sure that it's good. Um, that we would have a plan, um, so the text at the bottom here, for my approval every year, making sure we're selecting the right projects at the right time and the right phases to make sure we're in compliance and the, the audit program is meaningful. We're getting good lessons learned out of the audits and feeding it back to the project teams at, and our project at a programmatic level. So here's here's the updates and um, this is the interesting part that I wanted to get us to um, similar slide to what I showed in September, but we've updated it. So this this shows now the summary of audits performed internally between November and when we last presented to you in September through to April of this year. Um, on the left are some construction phase audits that our program construction manager, you see that acronym at the bottom, um, completed in our work around the southeast plant. That's the contract that they own and they do separate um, PCM, Program Construction Manager, construction phase audit. So they did two projects, our power feed and primary switchgear job, um, and then our distributed control systems. So very different types of work, but both at the Southeast plant. And then on the right, uh, the city has now completed six audits during this time frame from November to April um, across all four of these phases we've been talking about. That's what we needed to double down and make sure we execute on. So in the planning phase, Seacliff, uh, pump station enforcement upgrade is a wastewater project here in the city. 
And the bridge replacement for Shanasiata access is, of course, up in uh, Hechechi near the reservoir itself. In the environmental phase, Moxon wastewater treatment plant uh, project at, at the Moxon facility up at Hechi. In the design phase, both the San Joaquin Pipeline, SJPL, um, and Sunil Valley uh, Water uh, Treatment Plant short-term improvements were, were audited. And in the construction phase, the Wawona Area Stormwater Improvement Project falls under our wastewater capital plan um, here in the city uh, as well. So those are six audits um, that we're very excited to say that we've, we've, we've moved through and been able to continue the trend um, on the right direction of making sure we comply with the audit procedure. So last time I showed some themes um, for what's coming out of those audits. I'm very happy to share those. Um, it's positive learning experience, right, of what we're getting out of it and making sure now that we apply it and make some improvements or changes or see what the cause of the, the challenges have been. Um, this slide is effectively the same as what I showed in September. So common themes, which I would say is not unexpected or unusual, considering that was just September, we reported back. Some of um, the challenges are in our procedures, which we're updating, like I mentioned, some of it is is the busyness and uh, culture of uh, getting our work done, and so that will take time to shift. And I think driving the procedural update is and rolling that out as a way to kind of enforce and make sure and encourage that um, the behaviors of the teams working are in compliance with our procedure and all of the right um, elements that they need to perform. One item that is different here from what I showed in September is at the bottom, um, number four, project reviews. And when we talk about project reviews, we mean things like cost estimating reviews, where there's an, a review of the estimates that are produced at each stage of the job. Um, there's value engineering reviews, technical expertise reviews, and um, different reviews that happen. And the majority of those happen well, but there were a few that did not. Um, and we've exposed that now, and that's a good way for us to reinforce that that does happen on each of our projects um, as they progress through the process. So the last slide, I think, um, is the same slide that I showed back in September, but I updated some items here in red. Um, so when we reported out in September, after we rebooted this program, um, four construction phase QA audits were performed back in 2021, and then we've performed this additional two. Um, we mentioned that the project controls group was reorganized under the project management bureau that aligns better with the project management functions. And we updated and revised that procedure, like I mentioned earlier, the PM 6.02 in March. Um, and the position of the quality assurance manager that I mentioned was part of the reason why it stalled. Um, it was vacated and then it has now been filled. So we're I'm very happy that we've got that person um, in now with some new direction on, a, on an updated procedure um, to follow through in these audits. Um, and ultimately, an additional four audits have now been performed since November. So we did four of those in the calendar year last year in 2022, and we've now done an additional four since then. So we're hopefully um, back on track. Um, that gets me to the end of my presentation. I'm happy to go back to any elements, take questions, and I'd be curious in some of the intro discussion about the kind of end point or the the cycle right of and you know investing and making sure we do the quality assurance program at what point it would satisfy the committee that we're at this stage of knowing that we've now got a good rhythm and a good cadence and confidence that that we're doing it and i'd be very happy to come back at any point in the future and check in super well mr robinson thank you very much it was very helpful and i think a great update from last september uh, let me ask the committee if anyone has any specific questions, comments. I have a few, but I'll, I'll, I'll just wait for now. Um, sure, I do have a question. So, so again, I also agree that the information is very helpful. I'm glad to see all the made. So I'm curious, uh, the findings also mentioned um, the previous issued um, audit report are not retained in an organized manner. Um, 
apologize if I didn't catch that during the presentation. So um, would you mind to talk a little bit more about how this issue has been addressed? Thank you. So if I heard you right, the question is about how the findings from the internal audits are yeah, archived so or, or logged. Yeah, it's talked about the previously issued audit reports are not retained um, in an organized manner. So I'm just curious how that issue has been addressed. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, I mentioned we're in a process of overhauling our procedures and the reason why I'm hesitating a little bit is uh, we updated that PM 6.02 procedure for the quality audit program, but we are updating a number of other procedures, which a lot of will get to our document management work too. So I think somewhere in there, there's the ability to make sure we capture the findings both from our internal audits and external, and then we have a separate procedure around lessons learned. Um, I mentioned on the themes today that I, there was one new one at the bottom around project reviews. The one that switched out that seemed to drop off and um, was around lessons learned. And so that one I got feedback when I asked the team, how come that one has that theme been addressed? And it sounds like it's getting better. So um, I, we are documenting and making sure we capture those things correctly and with our document management systems, making information available for folks. Um, it, I, it's a little bit of a weak answer, but I'm happy to come back and update more if it helps. But I think there's uh, there's definitely a, a lot of effort going into updating our procedures and making sure we capture the information and it's disseminated to the teams appropriately and any findings and auto reports are accessible for folks so they they can continue their work. Thank you. Thank you. Camp, Oliver, or well, I have a question enough. Maybe I'll ask it now. Um, so it sounds like now the, the, the quality assurance team is fully staffed, right? Or or you're still um, recruiting a few folks? It it's it's one person. It's one uh, uh, quality assurance manager who coordinates then both the timing and selection of audits, and then following through the process. Um, that's on the city side. I mentioned our, our program uh, construction manager consultant has a team. Um, and they do a similar exercise on the construction side for the southeast plant work because that's where a lot of the heavy investment is. Um, but yes, we're fully staffed in that sense um, for the quality program, but it's very much dependent on all the project teams and all the folks that kind of work together and to move our projects forward. And some of the, I would say, the nuances of delivering in that program is dependent on the timing of the project and the busyness of the team and their capability or capacity to be able to respond in a helpful way and make sure that it's actually a very meaningful process that they can take time with and learn the lesson of the experience of what it is right if there's findings in there that maybe some forms have been missed or procedures have not been followed correctly that there's sufficient timing that they can pick up on that and then it, it soaks in and it's meaningful so there's a challenge of course from hiring and recruitment and staffing perspective across the entire organization, but from the quality assurance piece, yes, we've now filled that position. Got it, got it. So it's one person. It's not, because if I remember correctly, it was two, maybe three in the past, but now it's one. I'd heard that too. Yes, thank you. It could have been, um, and I could confirm. Um, and that's something we want to look at as we ramp up, I think, a larger capital program. Everything is has the potential to grow. And I think infrastructure supporting water, power, and sewer now, there's a growing power capital program. So our quality audit procedure and our process needs to be able to have enough capacity to look at all of our work. Um, so it may be now that we've got into a cadence of having done you know, enough over the last year as we look forward now, we're moving into budget cycle again, we see the size of the program and it may mean that we need to staff up. But I think it's also a priority 
relative question across all those other challenges that we have where there are some gaps and vacancies in the rest of the project teams. But if at some point we conclude it would help to add an extra person to support the quality manager, then yes, of course we would. Got it, understood, thank you. And, and one more question about the quality assurance function per se. So this work is up to essentially the delivery of the project to the team that actually operates it, right? So the quality assurance team does not really look into some facilities, some infrastructure, once you move it in that operational phase. Is, is that a good way to think of it? Correct, yeah. So our, our infrastructure procedures are built around and cover you know project inception through to completion and handover to the operating entity or three enterprises in this case um the asset management principles there tell us there's a lot more work that we could do better around the handover of the asset at the back end think startup and commissioning and not just saying the project is complete um but think that 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 arc of adjusting the asset into the hands of the owner is an important piece. So our infrastructure space is that asset management cycle entirely. Um, and so, yes, our procedures manage and the quality assurance program does the planning, environmental design and construction. Um, but once it's handed over to the operator, then it's in place. But that asset building facility pump station treatment plant will always need continuing work, right? Regular day to day maintenance, but also occasional R&R for renewal of some of its equipment perhaps, but then sometimes needs a capital investment. If there's a change in regulatory conditions or climate change in the environment or something, warrants or aging infrastructure, seismic challenges, those are the types of things that warrant a new capital project. And if we do a capital project, then we go back into the cycle of planning, environmental design and construction, and it would trigger and be part, part of our quality program. So there's always room to go back and touch assets and facilities, but our program, our quality program is bounded by infrastructure's capacity to do planning, environmental design and construction. Got it. Thank you. Super helpful. And uh, from an infrastructure team perspective, you don't really get involved into the ongoing maintenance of the asset once that has been turned over, right? Correct. So once we go through a startup and commissioning phase and it's into the hands of the, the operator, wastewater, water, power enterprise, it, it is theirs, but it's not like we go away. So that's why I think I described there's day to day maintenance. Think, you know, changing the oil in your car um, that the operator will take care of themselves. There's occasional renewal or rehabilitation. Um, and sometimes that can be done by the enterprise. That might be maybe you need to change your tires, right? There's something a little bit bigger that happens every three or four years. Um, and that sometimes can be handled, depending on what it is, by the operator, um, by the enterprises. But it's, we also have an R&R program that infrastructure manages in collaboration with the enterprise. So we do get involved in those typically smaller things that can happen. But if, if your engine fails and it needs to be replaced in your car, if it's a bigger capital investment, then that's where we define it as a capital infrastructure project and it's managed then by our infrastructure team with the enterprise, of course, as the operator in mind. So there, there's a delineation between the size of the asset, but yes, uh, normal day-to-day -day maintenance work is handled by the operator. Thank you, super helpful. Um, I think, Member Camp? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying, so on two things, Summarize, I'm summarizing in my head everything that's changed, but on the staffing issue of two people, I think it was because in the report it says we had one QA manager who retired in 2014 and then a second one who retired in 2017. And I think that's why people may have thought that we had two people working on this, but I believe it's always been one QA the same manager. position. Yeah, the same position. So I think, 
So I'm trying to summarize in my head everything that's changed since the report. So number one, I think there's five things. Number one, uh, you, Stephen, you now have more responsibility and discretion to select projects for audits, right? I think that's number one, and we adjusted some rules for that. Number two, we hired actually someone to do this. That's the missing FTE for the QA manager, right? So that person has been hired. Number three, uh, you changed your process and the, and, and the way this whole audit works. Uh, number four, you put new systems into place to document when we've done an audit. And number five, you've actually completed eight audits since we issued the report. Right? Yes. Correct. Thank you. Good summary. Great. Yes. Super helpful. Great. Thank you. I think I think that's a big check mark. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think um, it would be helpful maybe if you could summarize that in just a brief memo, just that we have it, you know, for the record and response to uh, the audit finding uh, in writing. I I could. Those are very helpful. Five things. I could probably confirm that in our last slide maybe or add an extra slide to the presentation and then summarize that if that would be helpful but if you'd prefer an actual memo happy to do that too uh, no that would be fine if, if you could do that uh, just so we have like a, a living record of it great thank you um sorry one, one more question on this point um does the committee want to go back to this quality assurance topic in the future in six months 12 months one at a time is this the kind of thing that we want to uh, keep it on our um, on our list for future meetings. Maybe in one year. Yeah, and what would be the topic? Like, I, I think just an update on this. Still doing the audit. Okay, still doing the audit. It's yeah. still filmed. Probably a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think there is general agreement that uh, um, reconnecting about a year from now would be quite useful to see how things have progressed since then. Very good. Happy to do so. Thank right. you. Well, thank you. With that, uh, Mr. Robinson, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, and thank you for all the work you do. Thank, thank you so much. Mr. Chair, if I can jump in before Mr. Robinson disconnects. Mr. Robinson, if you could provide me the copy of those slides, and if you want to post-pend the response document that you were just requested of from Arbok to that, I will include your slides as a linked document on the minutes so that the ARBOC committee will have an opportunity to review them once again when they approve the minutes at the June 13th meeting. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. All right. Very good. This concludes item number six. Not quite. Not quite. Sorry. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> so, Mr. Chair, if you want to take public comment, then we can move forward. Absolutely. Members of the public who have comments on agenda item number six should raise their hands inside teams. We will hear from you each for two minutes. In order that you raise your hands, I see that we have one guest who wants to speak on this item. When I hear your voice, I'll begin your time. Great, David Falcao. Um, Clerk Carroll already anticipated my question, which was uh, if we could see the slides. So I'm sure we will get that uh, with the minutes in the fullness of time. Thank you for ensuring that that all uh, happens. Appreciate it. Thank you for your comments. Do we have anyone else who wants to write public comment on agenda item number six? Mr. Chair, I don't see any other callers. Thank you. Public comment is now closed. 
and uh, we don't need to continue this agenda item for the future at this time, and we're ready for the next item. Very good. I'll just acknowledge that ARBOC is taking no action on agenda item number six, and we're moving forward in our agenda now to agenda item number seven. This is an update on the results of the sale of the 2023 wastewater revenue bonds. This is a discussion item. There is a presentation that we have already received and is attached in your packets. The presentation is entitled Results of Recent Negotiated Bond Sale for Wastewater Enterprise. We'll be taking public comment as part of the discussion, Mr. Chair. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clark. With that, we'd like to turn it over to PUC for an update. Um, thank you, Chair Liao. Uh, <coughs> Wong, uh, Capital Finance, um, normally our Capital Finance Director Nikolai will be making this oh, um, update for you guys, but uh, he's traveling for a panel so uh, I'll be providing this brief update. Um, I'm actually going to share these slides so that we're connected in Teams as well. So give me just a moment, and if you want to let me know into advance, I'll do that. So folks who are connected now in Teams should be able to see it as well. Uh, on April 5th, of this, uh, uh, the PUC priced and sold wastewater uh, revenue bonds, uh, Series 2023, Series ABC. The transaction was approved by the commission at its March 28th meeting. Um, the sale was offered uh, as a negotiated sale with an underwriting syndicate uh, led by Bank of America Securities for Series A and B and Goldman Sachs for Series C. Um, the ratings of those bonds were affirmed, uh, AA2 Moody's, AA S&P. Uh, I think this group notes that we issued uh, amongst continued volatile interest rate environments, but um, during the week of the sale, we uh, had very favorable conditions. There was low supply that week, uh, primarily due to the state issuing uh, its yield revenue bonds, uh, as well as other issuers avoiding the PUC pricing that week. So um, I think not mentioned here, um, we also hit at that time a 12-month low in interest rates. Um, so active pre-marketing uh, by the underwriters, including uh, a press release put out by Climate Bonds Initiative uh, to highlight the Green Series also aided in investor interest that week. Uh, we saw strong demand for new money and refunding bonds. Uh, I think all but one maturity was oversubscribed and uh, resulted in significant yield entrustments by the underwriters. Um, the refunding bonds uh, resulted in 8.4% uh, net present value savings, uh, for Series B and 8.8% of Series C, surpassing our 5% uh, savings target. Uh, I'll just mention those savings were better than our 2022 wastewater funding. Uh, this is just a summary slide of uh, three series of wastewater bonds that we issued. Uh, we issued a total of 974 million in par, generated about 1.1, over 1.1 billion in proceeds Series A uh, was sold as this of green bonds with the true interest cost of 2.88%. Series B for non-CISUP uh, projects, uh, it funded about $325 million in uh, projects and also refunded uh, outstanding revenue bonds, um, 2013B. Uh, Series C was also sold as green bonds uh, and that fully refunded Series 2018C. Um, if this committee may recall, those were issued in 2018 as a five-year put bond, so 
Um, they were due to have an interest rate adjustment in October of 23. Um, but since we're going to market with this sale, we decided to refund and, uh, and it was issued as a seven-year put this time. So we'll have to remarket um, in seven years. And oh, these are very impressive results considering the maturity date. Yes, sounds quite quite amazing. Right. Uh, <coughs> notice that we uh, are issuing a little bit shorter than our typical 30-year, um, partially due to uh, this committee may be aware there was a, there's a little inversion in the yield curve, so uh, and the little dip. So we stayed within that period where there's a dip. Um, and additionally, we were issuing these bonds almost in conjunction with our WIFIA, uh, new WIFIA loans. So there's no penalty for going long with WIFIA, so we stuck it out long. We stayed a little bit shorter with these revenue bonds and um, saved some interest. What, what is driving the, the, the interest rate difference between the Series A and the Series C? Is it just maturity dates? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's many factors. They're not directly comparable necessarily. Uh, it, it could be differences in uh, relative maturities, size, uh, coupons, so a lot of factors. Uh, we'll mention anecdotally there was a lot more interest in the Series A, uh, them being as marketed as green bonds, but uh, we, we can't necessarily uh, attribute that only um, as the reason. So, uh, so it could be various reasons. What do you think is the interest rate discount between green bonds and rubber bonds? I'll defer to the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is, I mean, the TIC is phenomenal. Yes. I would call it phenomenal. I don't know. I'm not a bond expert, but, like, you know, seems pretty low. Yeah. 3.08. Amidst this um, continued interest rate hiking environment, uh, we were very happy with the results. Yeah. And the green bonds, are they like certified by system analytics or equivalent kind of rating agency? Or? It's a, so SSIP is, has received programmatic certification from independent verifier sustain analytics under the water standard of the climate bonds initiative. And by the way, I might point out that because of the changes in recording capital movements that our CFO and MP Hom introduced based on the work that our our team did, like we can track now the changes as the proceeds shift from to commercial paper to the product. You remember the matrix we introduced? Like we we can track all of this now, um, which previously was not possible. So Sorry, I don't know you that this was one of our audits that doesn't affect you, but there was a gap in the reporting, and uh, that gap right. has been closed. You know, great. How much commercial paper is left? We, we fully refunded all our outstanding commercial paper with this transaction, and yeah, and we actually issued a little more to fund projects through this fiscal year. So we refunded approximately uh, five in the 500s of outstanding commercial paper. And what is the current rate on commercial paper ballpark? Uh, it's hovering around the threes. It's quite high, quite high at the high. moment, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the pre-marketing efforts or the marketing efforts in, in the run-up to issuing the paper? Um, How does that work? Well, generally, shortly after um, commission approval, um, and I think even before that, I think we posted our notice of sale to Emma, which allowed 
I think the um, the bankers, uh, Bank of America Securities and Goldman Sachs in this case, to um, actively talk to investors about this upcoming bond sale. Finally, after the commission approved, we're able to post our POS, our preliminary official statement, and um, and that's when they really have a document to point to, and and it's not a marketing document, but uh, it, it it provides all the necessary information that investors need to get signed off uh, within their own uh, internal credit reviews to be able to uh, participate in the bond sale um, uh, on the date that we advertise. So um, I'd, I'd be happy to provide more detail, but I think that's the general sense. Of, Great. Yeah. Yeah. Just to highlight it, it was mentioned that this was a negotiated sale. So uh, the underwriters, uh, we work in partnership with. Right. And, and, yeah, in a negotiated sale, we work closely with the underwriters in them, those marketing efforts. Uh, uh, we also, uh, yeah, I mean, work with our uh, MAs who, who guide that process. So um, everything we put out has been uh, reviewed by uh, everyone involved in the transaction. So. Who are the buyers? Um, I don't have that detailed breakdown, but it's uh, primarily large investors, institutional investors. Uh, we did have a retail order period for uh, separately managed accounts, uh, but it's you know the big the big names. Um, Nuveen comes to mind. I remember them bidding. I'm sorry, who? Nuveen. Yeah. Um, what were the other big ones that come to mind? It's just the BlackRock. BlackRock came in. Um, yeah, we have to. We'll get we'll we can get you that detail. Is there any uh, maturing bonds coming up of significant size over the next couple of years? I forgot. I think it was presented last year. I just don't remember. Um, significant size. Uh, you know, I mean, as you know, we have serial bonds, so we always have some bonds maturing. I don't think we have any big. Uh, usually, we don't structure our bonds where we have a big drop off in a particular year in terms of principal. Uh, I'll have to get back to you specifically if there are any. Not, nothing, none come to mind at the moment. Nothing now. We're probably next year to do the same kind of offering around this time, or maybe in the fall. Generally, I think we are estimating around a year from now we'll be doing a similar issuance. Yeah. So the capital projects are initially funded by commercial paper. So what's SFPUC's typical timing for the commercial paper to be refunded by bonds? Um, it's really driven by how fast capital projects are spending. So as we as projects spend, we issue more commercial paper to fund those expenditures. Uh, once we reach our limit, the limit of our program, we have a $750 million interim funding program. We can issue commercial paper up to $650 million. Uh, once we kind of approach that limit, like we did this time, uh, we'll look to a bond sale, and we'll usually try to clear it out um, refund all the commercial paper that's outstanding and pre-fund some more expenses if it's warranted. Uh, any more questions from the committee? No. So this was wastewater, right? I think I, I, I darkly remember there's a difference between what qualifies for power, what qualifies for wastewater, and right. Right. It's, it's just separated by the capital programs, yeah. and the, yeah, they each have their own ratings. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you. Super Great. helpful. Uh, any any other questions, comments from the committee? No. Well, thank you for the update. This is great. Always love to see it when. Uh,
And congratulations. Great work. Thank you, Joel. A lot of work. All right, great. I think we are now ready for public comment. Arbach will now hear public comment on agenda item number seven, the update on the results of the sale of the 2023 wastewater revenue bonds. If you're connected to the meeting and you wish to provide public comment on agenda item number seven, please raise your hand. I see that we have one caller who wishes to speak. When I hear your voice, I'll start your time. Is this line unattended? Please begin. Can you hear me now? Yeah, please begin. Sorry, my uh, David Pilpel, my mouse failed and I'm having issues. Um, uh, on this issue, I wanted to thank uh, staff, particularly for the uh, refunding uh, bonds and um, for the uh, good work on the sale of the uh, new money uh, bonds. I know that there are ratepayer uh, savings. I wasn't uh, quite clear uh, from the slide. Uh, let's see, uh, slide. 60, 60 and 61 in the uh, packet, um, how much uh, savings the ratepayers uh, realized, particularly from uh, the refunding bonds. Um, and I did note last Friday at the um, Rate Fairness Board, uh, there was some discussion of uh, fund balance. Uh, I believe that there is a trade-off uh, in terms of rates between uh, fund balance exceeding uh, that uh, coverage ratios and uh, bond covenant uh, requirements, and that re resulting in uh, higher uh, rates in the short term, um, but having the effect of potentially lower rates uh, in the longer term because higher fund balance, I believe, uh, results in better bond ratings and a interest rate, but I haven't been able to kind of uh, suss out all of those puts and takes. If uh, staff has something to share, I'd be interested in hearing that now. Otherwise, I can follow up uh, with them and just off uh, later. Uh, thanks for listening. Let me see if I can mute myself. Thank you for sharing your comments. Do we have anyone further who wants to write public comment on agenda item number seven? Mr. Chair, I think that we've reached the end of public comment. Thank you. Public comment is now closed. And um, no action on this item after this update, and we're ready for the next agenda item. Very good. Mr. Chair, I'll acknowledge that ARBOC is taking no action on agenda item number seven as we move forward in our agenda to number eight. This is approval of the minutes from the April 11th, 2023 regular meeting. This is the discussion and action item. I want to acknowledge members of ARBOC that uh, I have some corrections to the minutes. The most important of which is that I recorded member Vuthi as both I as well as absent for every action item, and I can easily correct that as a clerical correction on every vote on these minutes. So uh, uh, my apologies for that, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, with that correction, um, does the committee have any comments, or are we ready to approve as proposed? That was the only thing I noticed. Really great. May I have a public comment? Let's take public comment on this discussion of the minutes. I see we have one caller. Please uh, begin your, your comments, and I'll start your time. 
Can you hear me now? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, David Bilfell, on the uh, minutes, I just had two uh, suggestions on page one of the uh, minutes. The full members' names are not uh, there. I would suggest adding that somewhere at the top before item one so that it's clear at the end of the minutes uh, in which seat full names. Uh, possibly also um, and on page two, two item six, in bold is correct, approval of March 14th, uh, minutes that on the second line down, uh, in Alex, a clerical correction should be March 14th, uh, meaning not 17th. Um, I think that's all I had on the minutes. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for offering those comments. Uh, members, I can easily make those clerical changes without an amendment from Arbach. Do we have anyone else who has public comment on the form of the minutes? Mr. Chair, I don't see any further comments. Thank you. Public comment is now closed. And with the suggested uh, clerical changes, may I have a motion of the second, please? Move approval. Who are you acknowledging as the second, Mr. Chair? I believe we'll have Member Tang. Okay. On a motion offered by Member Holliber, seconded by Member Tang, to approve the minutes with the clerical corrections as indicated. On that motion, Member Camp. Aye. Camp, aye. Member Vuthi. Aye. Vuthi, aye. Member Tang. Aye. Tang, aye. Member Holliber. Aye. Holliber, aye. Chair Liao. Aye. Liao, aye. Mr. Chair, there is no opposition. Uh, thank you. The minutes are now approved. Agenda item number nine is next. It is announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items. This is a discussion and possible action item. We'll be taking public comments as part of the discussion. Great. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, so the next meeting is on June 13th. And uh, a question to the committee is, um, is everyone planning to be attending in person, really from a forum perspective? Unfortunately, that one I cannot in person, so the plan is I will definitely provide my comments on the um, draft RSP with when he was going to share with us before the meeting, so the meeting will have it. Okay, thank you. Everyone else will be. No, but I cannot. Well, you cannot. I cannot. Yeah. Oh, then we're going to have a forum issue here. This is June 13th. That would mean that Arbach would be conducting a special meeting on June 6th. Is that your proposal? Tuesday, June 6th? Should we check if CSA could have audit done by then? Weren't they supposed to have the um, audit report? Yeah. Okay. I don't think. Oh, I don't sorry. Think, um, okay, I thought that was May 18th. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Okay, so it again. So June June the sixth. Um, does it work for? Does it work for you? All right. So let's call this June sixth then. It's uh, good. Now, July eleventh. Um, Member Camp, you will be out. I'll be out as well. So originally we listed it here as a canceled meeting. Um, That's correct. But August the 8th, so Member Camp, you'll be out as well. Uh, what about you, Member yeah. Tang and Homer? I'm not on that week. Sorry? I, I, can, I will not be in town that week. Okay. Sorry, the, uh, August 8th? Right. Um, as far as I know, I'll be around. Okay, but with Member Sounds like we have two Camp out, so then we, we're going to have another. So we're going to. Uh, will you be available the week before, the week after? Both. Both. Both before and after. It's just that week. Okay. Um, can we pick one? Let me see. So that's the week of the 15th, or? right now is June 6th instead of June 13th and August 1st instead of August 8th. And that would mean canceling then not just the July 11th but also canceling the June 13th and the August 8th meetings. Yeah. Do you want to have 9 a.m. start times for each of these makeup specials? Does it work? If so. you can push a little, it's better for me, but otherwise it'll be like today. I'll okay. do my best and maybe scramble in. We can work on the scheduling portion of it without having to be in open session. Okay. Right. So we have June 6th, August 1st. Mm -hmm. um, while we're on this topic, should we talk about September? So we got that, we got that covered as well. Uh, so the second of the month would be the 12th, right? And uh, what's for you? I can't be the other one. Sorry, you said the what date? The 12th, September 12th. Fine. It works? Okay. September 12th will. Um, just a bit of housekeeping related to the previous agenda items that were continued. The motions were to continue them to the next meeting, so those will now appear. Uh, for this special on June 6th instead of on June 15th. Okay. And speaking of June 6th, so I would request the committee member to review the draft RFP when you receive it, I assume probably through you, John. That's right. Um, and uh, so we can share, we can provide our feedback to the CSA on June 6th. So once you have that draft, send it to the RBOC email address. I'll forward it to the members of the committee, and then it will appear as a packet item when we have that agenda item for the sixth. Um, any any agenda items, any topics that the committee feels we should be discussing in the future? Anything to be added to this list or anything that should be scheduled in the next meeting? Okay, great. So with that I think we're ready for 
May I ask a question, Mr. Chair, uh, based on the discussion from the previous agenda item? Um, no, I'm sorry, two previous agenda items earlier that you very briefly touched on having one of them come back in the future. Do you want me to just add that to this list as a potential tracking item? Yes, please. From? A tracking item would be great. Okay, so there will be a new agenda item, H tracking, which links to the previous agenda item. Quality assurance. The you quality know, assurance. You know, you're from now. Yep. Very good. Thank you for that clarity. And if you're ready to go to public comment, we can do that now, Mr. Chair? Yes, please. All right. Members of the public who have comments on these announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items, you may address Arbok for two minutes. I'll start your time when I hear your voice, but I want to give a very quick synopsis of the discussion that we've had up to this point. We will be canceling the June 13th, July 11th, and August 8th regular Arbok meetings. There will be a special on June 6th a special on August 1st, and we're going to be adding tracking for a regular meeting on September 12th. Please begin your comments. Okay, great. David Pilpel, I think that was a great uh, recap. So June 6th, no meeting in July, August 1st, and then back to the uh, regular schedule, September 12th, all at 9 a.m., no July meeting. Uh, thanks for the recap. Very good. Thank you so much. Quick question, point of order. Do we, are our meetings schedules in like the bylaws or anything that's on the second Tuesday? I don't think we ever formalized that. I don't recall it being formalized. I think we have to have monthly meetings. Right. And I think we have this cadence of so Tuesdays. Once so therefore, are these special meetings or are they just regular meetings if we don't have a it's a good question it's a good question it's a bit of clerking arcana <laughs> that I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research about and get back to you sorry to say but either way that's the I'll record it this way because that is how we've been tracking things up to this point because I think that impacts like you know when the agenda has to go out what totally the deadlines fair. are and all of that if it's a special meeting versus a regular meeting mm -hmm. It's a great question. Thank you so much. I do have to sleep on it for a minute. So. <laughs> All right, great. So public comment is now closed, and the meeting is adjourned. And thank you, everyone, for uh, today's session. Uh, thank you to PUC for the update on the bond. Very impressive. Uh, and also for all the technical assistance with getting this meeting going started smoothly. Yeah, <laughs> thanks to IT. Hey, <laughs> pleasantly surprised. Yeah. That SF Wi-Fi last time I don't think worked at all, right? No. We're gonna no, hit the we're gonna hit the adjourn right They're now at okay. 12, 10, 27. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.